This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right. Welcome back to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. And when I say welcome back, I really mean it because it has been some time not only since we've released an episode, but it's been a while since Jalen, I've seen you and had a chance to hang out with you and record uh, for this podcast. So it's great to be on here with you. Um, I'm John. This is uh, my friend and co-host Jalen. And yeah, it's just good to be on. What have you been up to? It, it's probably been like almost a month, maybe over a month since we yeah. had a chance to do this. It's been a while. I've missed you, John. <laughs> I miss you too, for <laughs> sure. Not just because of the podcast, but just I think yeah. generally in life. Yeah, things have been going well. Things have been super busy uh, with ministry, um, with home life stuff. Things have been busy. Uh, my wife went out to LA for a few days just to, to get away and to hang out. And so I had uh, all five kids for a couple of days, which was actually not bad. Mm. Um, the, like the last thing that Jenny said to the kids before she jumped on the plane was like, help daddy out. <laughs> and they were great. Like they did, you know, they were super helpful and it, it was, yeah, we definitely missed her, but things mm -hmm. went by really well. Um, also, since we last saw each other, Jackson's basketball season ended yeah, and um, they didn't win a game, mm. but they did rough. their best. Yeah. It was, Builds it was character. Rough. Builds character for sure. Uh, and then volleyball season started. So okay. today they had their second game of the season and Jackson got two aces. And so I was oh, super nice. excited about that. So proud dad moment. And like, I'm excited for him because like, he's, he's obviously like the smallest kid, you know, on mm -hmm. the team. And, but he's also, I feel like the best passer on the team. So I was mm. telling him that I was trying to encourage him because I know he gets kind of down just mm -hmm. by being the smallest kid out there. But um, yeah. So some, some good dad moments the last several days and weeks here but otherwise things are rolling along how are you doing good to see you yeah uh no it's good to hear that you survived uh that what, what was it like a week or at least a couple days no it was um, like three days yeah three days okay mm -hmm. well i'm glad you survived i'm glad all the kids survived and it was good that jenny could have a little break um yeah, yeah i've been good i think since we last talked it has just been super busy um i think i might have mentioned this on a previous episode but i uh, went to a retreat in Pasadena, um, like attended one. And then I flew straight from there to Minneapolis and I preached at a youth retreat in Minnesota. So that was a pretty wild, um, you know, like six or seven days. My suitcase was probably really confused because half of it was like, oh, kind of cool fall-ish weather. I mean, it was pretty warm in Pasadena. And then I went to like from like 65 degrees to like minus 15 um, and so I think I just like basically layered on, I just wore double of it. whatever I wore in Pasadena. I wore two layers of it, uh, in Minnesota, but it was really good. Really enjoyed, um, speaking at 
um, that church's youth retreat. And um, yeah, I, I think we've talked about this before that speaking in general has never really been my favorite aspect of ministry, but I, I think it's grown on me. I think uh, like, I don't know if I would necessarily consider myself as someone who like wants to actively look for opportunities, but I think at this point I'm much more willing to say yes. Again, not trying to solicit any opportunities right now, but um, <laughs> I, I really mean it now when I say, yeah, I'll think about it um, versus yeah. in the past, I might not have been, you know, I would consider it, but more often than not, I would find a reason to not make it for something. So yeah, yeah. it was good. Good, good. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm I'm so glad that you're doing that because I feel like, I feel like you're so good, especially like going to a youth retreat. I feel like you're so good with connecting with youth, and like for you to be in that environment and to be able to preach and connect with youth, like that's so that's so good for you. So I'm glad you had mm -hmm. that. And um, yeah, I think I told you I'm heading out to um, to the East Coast. Yeah, in a couple of weeks for, and I haven't done a like a. Uh, this is a college retreat. I haven't done. I'm retreating a long time. So mm. um, I'm excited about it. I'm kind of nervous about it because it's just, yeah, it's like a different, it's a different rhythm, obviously. Right. You know, but. I think for years planning retreats, I always felt like, man, this is such a great opportunity for me to hang out with my friends, like my friends who are in ministry. I get to invite them. They speak, they have responsibilities for like 30 to 40 minutes each session. And then the rest of the time, I mean, they're spending time with students, but they're also spending time with me. And I forget that actually that as a speaker, I get that opportunity to opportunity too. And so um, going to this particular retreat, I just really enjoyed reconnecting with some good friends. I had a former student of mine from my youth group that serves in that youth ministry. And so not just to go and do ministry with him, but to be reminded of like how God worked in his life and to find some old videos of evidence of that and be able to share it with the youth group he now serves in was, that was such a joy. So yeah, cool. I'm, I'm excited for you and the retreat you're headed on. Um, yeah, I think besides that, it's just been busy, I think for um, me out here, uh, my family ended up visiting. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. Uh, they dropped off some gifts from you. So I really appreciate that. And I think mm. I sent home a gift with them, uh, a slightly perishable gift, but it was a, a hopefully made it intact to you. Um, a, a delicious, delicious ball of bow yes. in San Francisco. It was a good ball of bow with, I don't know what guava is in, in Cantonese. Yeah. I don't know either, but guava, ball butter. guava bow. Yeah. Yeah. It was yum. Thank you for that. You're welcome. But I am excited that not only do we get to catch up after a few weeks of not seeing each other, but we get to talk and hang out with another guest today. His name is Jason Tarn. He is the lead English pastor at Houston Chinese Church, which happens to be the church that my sister-in-law, uh, Michelle, and her husband, Akil, go to. And so shout out to Akil and Michelle. I know they're going to be listening to this episode with uh, great delight and excitement because their pastor's on. So Jason, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. It's, it's a joy for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's just great having you on, Jason, and getting to meet you. Um, you know, we love to ask this question to all of our first-time guests, especially the ones who we don't know super well prior to you coming on the podcast. Um, but could you just briefly share your ministry journey um, and how the Lord called you, brought you into ministry, brought you to the church that you're at. Tell us a little bit of that story. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I grew up in a in a non Christian home uh, here in in Houston, Texas, um, and so I didn't have any kind of uh, uh, introduction to faith until actually around age twelve, uh, when I actually went to Houston Chinese Church, and I was uh, um, going there because my older brother was invited by friends, and I tagged along. And uh, you know, we lived nearby the church, so I just assumed my parents thought. That it would just be, you know, a more wholesome environment for for me and my brother to be a part of. So even though they're non Christians, but they were willing to drive us there. And um, the first time I heard the gospel uh, was actually at my uh, church's youth summer camp. That still is going on strong even to this day. Um, and so uh, from that point on, I was just you know a youth group kid. Uh, I, I was just you know growing up. Uh, from that point on, just be, uh, getting involved with all the youth group activities, Friday nights going on Sundays. Uh, but looking back, I would probably say that my actual conversion took place when I was in college. I went to the University of Texas in Austin. And whether that's when my conversion took place, or for sure, that was where some significant transformation happened for me, uh, a lot of spiritual formation um, during my, my college years. And it was towards the end of that time when I had a real strong desire to, to want to be a missionary um, and so I was like really wrestling with that my senior year. And, you know, it's, not, you know, um, it's understandable that my parents were, were resistant uh, to that idea, you know, partly because of the whole idea that you'd be proselytizing and, and trying to convert people. But largely it was actually because of the support raising aspect of, of being a missionary. Uh, you know, they just put me through college and they're, you know, really wanted me to make my own money instead of you know, asking other people for money, I guess, you know, from, from a kind of a, a shame perspective, they were like, come on, you know, I, I put you through college so you could stand on your own feet. So that was uh, a real challenge in, in, in um, talking to them about that. I ended up kind of heeding their their wishes uh, to use my degree to, to get a job. And so I did get a job offer um, with my business degree. I graduated but uh, I graduated during a time when our country was going into like a mini recession. And locally in Houston, the whole Enron scandal uh, was was blowing up and it affected the local economy. And so many companies were were haltering uh, were halting the, their hires, right? Just kind of freezing the, the start dates. And so that's what happened to me. They pushed my start date back a whole year. So I had a gap year. And by God's providence, I, I ended up um, uh, uh, taking on the youth internship at HCC. And so there was a door open for that. And it was it was just, you know, God's doing. And so, um, you know, my, my parents were like, oh, wow. OK, like, I guess it's a job. I'm like, yeah, it's a job. It has a salary. I mean, it doesn't pay much. Uh, but um, at least I was able to do that for a year. And it was that experience that really sealed the deal for me when it comes to um, this kind of a sense of call. And so I think that that year of uh, ministry internship in the church kind of honed that sense of calling, directing it more specifically to the local church and to pastoral ministry in particular, and 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 really a preaching ministry. Uh, I, I had had opportunities to, to be able to preach God's word. And, and, um, and that was really where, um, you know, I, I, I kind of started off in uh, vocational ministry. So I did that for four years, uh, youth ministry. I ended up getting married uh, to my wife, Ter Teresa. We uh, moved up to Vancouver, British Columbia for me to study at Regent College to do my MDiv there. So I did that for three years, got my MDiv. We uh, stayed up there for a little longer. I pastored for three more years at a local Baptist church, and that was a really formative experience. I mean, just really shaping me and giving me a, a sense of, of what pastoral ministry is really like. 
And uh, we began looking for a position back in Houston when we were expecting our first child. And when we started looking, you know, uh, opportunity popped back up at at HCC, an English ministry position. And yeah, I've been there ever since. So that, that was back in 2011. And so I've been serving there since then. And, and now I, I've taken on a few different roles, but now my, my role is as the lead English pastor um, at Houston Chinese Church. That's so cool. I love that you started going to HCC as like a youth and then God brought you back. And I think for John and I, that that resonates because we have deep roots at the church that we grew up at. And I think yeah. that in a lot of ways, we cut our teeth ministry-wise at the mm-hmm. church we grew up at. And so I think mm-hmm. that's so awesome to see that happening. Um, I'm kind of curious, like what your impressions were back then of being in a Chinese heritage church, having like a first-gen congregation and then a second-gen congregation. And then kind of even now, like what is, what's your perspective on that? Like what's the relationship look like between the first-gen and the second-gen? Yeah, yeah. So for HCC, it was founded back in uh, in 1975. Uh, it's the second oldest Chinese heritage church here in Houston. Uh, began with a uh, predominantly Mandarin speaking congregation, like mostly most of them coming from Taiwan. Uh, th- there were also um, uh, early members from Hong Kong as well. They eventually hired a English pastor in the mid 80s. And uh, his name is, is, is Fred Tao. And he is uh, he's Pastor Fred to me. He was my English pastor growing up, and he's still on staff with us, so he's still serving strong uh, today. Um, and so uh, the, the the church has just had a, a legacy of church planning around Houston, and so um, the over the years we we have these sister churches that that we're kind of in a in a in relation continued relationship with, and and they're located out uh, in the in the suburbs around Houston. And so what happened is over the years, the the older and more established immigrant families kind of moved out into the suburbs and, they, they, you know, attending uh, those sister churches. And so now at, at HEC, I would say that we would probably be the church getting more of the newer immigrants, uh, mostly, you know, uh, ones coming from mainland China. Uh, and, and they're drawn to, you know, the city center by, by a lot of the key institutions that are around us. Um, and now for our English congregation, of course, like like most um, Chinese heritage churches, you know, begin with the, the children of the Chinese families. So the, I'd say that relationship between the first and second gen uh, was definitely uh, for a, a good while uh, a mother daughter relationship. I mean, we were the junior congregation. We, we were the kids. But I'd say by God's grace, though, over the years, um, our, our English congregation grew and yeah, I think because of our unique location, uh, we had just a lot of transplants coming to Houston and they're they're living, they're working in the city center. I mean, most of our most of our people on the English side are, are medical professionals, uh, or or they're engineers in the oil and gas f- industry. Um, and so you've got these second gen, you got third gen immigrants. Uh, if they're, they're they're coming to Houston from around the nation and they're looking for a Chinese heritage church, and so that that's one way that our our English congregation just kind of grew and matured over the years. And I I, I really look back. Um, just having that perspective of being there for so long, I, I, I can really see our Chinese leaders. Um, they 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 had foresight and they made some 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 really key decisions uh, over the years. Just recognizing the importance of having a healthy and growing English adult ministry, and so I, I really appreciate how they were willing to open up church leadership to English side leaders. 
and um, you know, really making making sacrifices for that to happen. I mean, I think one of the key ones that that I've uh, really appreciated, and and I've tried to, to 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 shine a spotlight on as I'm talking to some of our own English side members and leaders, is that the Chinese side really made a sacrifice by making English the uh, the default language in, in all of our mm-hmm. staff meetings and our council meetings, and that was a huge sacrifice on the part of the Chinese side leaders because they're they're asked to discuss like pretty you know complex matters in a second language and that's not easy but that was a sacrifice that they were willing to make in order to welcome more english side leaders um, into into church leadership and i think it's a sacrifice that a lot of english side people don't don't really fully appreciate mm-hmm. um but uh it's it, it was it's it's those kinds of steps right that the chinese side leaders took to share power to inconvenience themselves that's what really made it possible for the English congregation uh, over the years, and and to to now be more in a sister sister relationship with the Chinese side. So I, I I'm just very thankful that HCC um, that that's kind of um, transitioned from mother daughter sister sister, and uniquely for us, um, back in 2014, our our senior pastor retired, and since then I'm we've been without one, uh, not for a lack of trying. I mean we 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 did have. Uh, a search for a while and um you know it's it's we were looking for the unicorn right the, the trilingual mm. um you know north american trained and experienced <laughs> senior pastor and and so it was so hard to find one and so over the years uh we just started making do with what we have and we started we kind of worked out a new arrangement so what we have today at our church is uh how, how we view it as like three vertical ministries made up of the Mandarin Cantonese and the English congregations. Mm-hmm. We have a lead Chinese pastor who supervises the Mandarin and the Cantonese staff. And then you have a lead English pastor, which is which is me, supervising the English staff. And the two of us kind of share responsibilities that you might find uh in a typical senior pastor. So like right now, he currently leads the staff meetings while while I lead the elder meetings. Um, and so that's just kind of how, how we kind of share responsibility that way. And then of course, in our church, we have, uh, besides those three vertical ministries, we have these, what we call horizontal ministries. That would be the children, uh, the youth and our missions department. And they kind of cut across mm. those vertical ministries and they're overseen by that, um, uh, by, by the, 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 the former English pastor that I was mentioning, uh, pastor Fred, who, who, you know, he's, he's, uh, um, you know, He's been serving the church for for over for almost forty years, so he's well suited to be in a position where he's working across all three congregations, yeah. and so that's us, and that's kind of how it's been working for us. I'm not under any impression that that's going to be the model set up for for any other Chinese heritage church, but um, you know, God's God's been shaping us in that way, and 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 it's been uh, it's been um, yeah, it's been fruitful, um, kind of uh, kind of finding ourselves in in that kind of a setup, and I think a lot of it has to do with just. There's long tenures for a lot of um, the, the the staff here, and so over the years we just build up that trust mm-hmm. um, and that relationship that allows for us to be able to work well with each other, even though there's not there's not a typical like senior pastor kind of kind of kind of uh, leading us uh, like we used to have and like you'd find in a lot of other Chinese heritage yeah. churches. Yeah, I, I go back to something you said earlier about how you know it really required sacrifice um, for your Chinese side leadership, whether it was staff or elders to really um, give space for the English to grow from this like mother daughter relationship space to, um, to being partners in ministry and, and having relationships together. And and I think not just the sacrifice, but um, something that we probably take for granted churches um, 
Chinese heritage churches take for granted often is like those who are future thinking. Um, because I think that matters just as mm. much as the the willingness to sacrifice, but like if there's no vision for what that can look like. Um, so it sounds like at your church, you know, you had maybe individuals or even groups of leadership that really thought about what what's our future, what lays ahead of us. And so I think that's always an encouragement to hear stories of that happening in different places. And I think something that really uh, amazes me or encourages me is that it's not like a cookie cutter in each different place. Because I think even at like my church, we've, you know, we were, we were talking before we started recording a little bit uh, just about where Jalen and I serve, or at least where, where I serve. And, you know, I, I think that maybe at some point we were also in that similar space of uh, relationally between congregations. And it took some forward thinking from existing leadership to kind of say, what well, what will we look like five to 10 to 15 years from now? Hmm. And for sure, our model right now is is very different from what you guys have, but I think it's that the key piece is not just that sacrifice, but that that vision. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I think something that I was just personally curious about because uh, of how you described your relationship with the Chinese lead pastor. You know, when it, if you don't mind me asking a little bit about that, um, yeah, like that relationship, that working relationship, or even organizational relationship. Was that something that developed over time or like someone said from the beginning, like, okay, we're going to try this new thing and this is what it's going to look like. Or just kind of, I'm just curious, like, how did you end up with this almost co it's like co-captains of a basketball team sort of thing, or like you're running the offense, he's running the defense sort of Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl was yeah. just recently. So thinking about <laughs> sports a lot right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't some kind of like, like, master planned out <laughs> we kind of fell into it really um and just in terms of like not having the senior pastor um that's where you know the, the typical responsibilities especially leading meetings supervising staff um so i think the great thing is that we have the two lead congregational pastors but we also have um like a like i mentioned pastor fred mm -hmm. uh, who has been here the longest out of all of us and he has, um, you know, uh, uh, the ability also to to, to help. Um, and so just the, th the three of us in many ways were able to kind of take on just various responsibilities. So like, like I said, you know, me and the Chinese lead are doing the vertical uh, stuff and, and Fred's handling the horizontal. And so that just kind of um, kind of fell into it. And so when it came to the specific responsibilities between me and the lead Chinese, um, you know, we, we did talk about that amongst the, uh, pastors and elders and how that would be arranged. And so, we, I mean, I, I don't know who came up with it, but we just, uh, I, I forgot it was, it was a few years back, but we were like, all right, you take that responsibility. I'll take this one. We were supposed to switch <laughs> every so often. We haven't switched yet since we had that arrangement. So I, he's been doing staff. I've been doing the, the elders meeting. Um, but, uh, I, I, I think, I think he likes <laughs> the staff one because it's less work because <laughs> the elders one i have to like do that plus also liaison with our church council which is actually mm -hmm. the, the real governing board and so um yeah so i i i brought it up I was, hey are, are we gonna switch this eventually he's like no 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 this is good let's just keep it the way it's going yeah. why why fix what's yeah. not 
what yeah, is exactly. But uh, yeah, so again, the, you know, it was really just something that um, we kind of fell into and it works. So like I said, you know, I don't have any um, impression that this is like what other churches should be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I think, you know, uh, yeah, like, like you were saying, there's no cookie cutter here. And so we just had to, to just take assessment of who do we have? Like who has God yeah. given us? And what, how has he gifted us? And, and, and let's just, you know, um, try to complement one another mm-hmm. and, and each take our, our own responsibilities. And so I think, and again, it's just because of uh, the way that the relationships have developed you know, we just have that kind of uh, that trust and, mm-hmm. and, and just works out that way. So I, I don't take that for granted though. So we got, we have to keep uh, working on those relationships and, and just having a lot of communication. Um, but uh, yeah, by God's grace, uh, the arrangement is is the way it is. I mean, you know, it's not like we ever changed our polity structure. So, I mean, there's always room for one day, you know, if the Lord wills and 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 the the church leadership wills, then you know, we can go go back searching for a senior pastor. But at this point, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it it seems to be working, and there hasn't really been any kind of a, a real big push for that. And so, we've yeah. just kind of been pressing forward with the arrangement that we have. Mm. No, that's awesome. I, you know, I think uh, another question that I have and just hearing about the, the church and these different congregations working together, you know, like in the same way that at your leadership level, you had to be forward thinking, you know, I think oftentimes in order to maintain like this interdependence between congregations where there's partnership and relationship and not just like coexisting in the same space, but like actually doing life and ministry together, you also have to be forward thinking and very intentional and and sacrificial. So I'm just curious, like, what are some ways that you as a church have tried to really push into or press into that interdependence, that partnership between congregations? What are you doing now? Are there things that are like looking forward into um, that, that we, Jalen and I, or maybe even our our listeners, definitely our listeners, hopefully uh, can glean from your story and, and your context? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I I understand interdependence as as having that that blend and that balance between independence, but at the same time a real dependent uh, um, a partnership with one another. And so for us, yeah, I think that that describes us well. Uh, we do have these independent teams uh, within the vertical ministries, shepherding our own congregations. And so I work with my own English um, leaders that our responsibility is to is to is, is to member care within our congregation. Uh, we manage our, our membership role, um, and we also ha- have our own ministry deacons um, on the English side that have their own Chinese counterparts. And so when they serve on the, on the big council, there is an English um, outreach deacon or English worship deacon, and then there's also a Chinese counterpart as well. So mm. I work with the uh, the English leaders in that regard, but we're still led by, by one church council. And so this is where the de- dependence and the partnership um, comes into play. Um, and so that's uh, uh, consisting of our elders and our deacons together. Uh, we do have also a subcommittee of that council, and this is that 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 group that I lead um, in, in my responsibility as 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 uh, as the uh, as one of the lead pastors. And we call it our our elders and pastors committee. And so we 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 try to work as as one team um, of of the ordained pastors and the lay elders. And so um, that committee is there to address church-wide matters. Um, and we try to work hard at building consensus as the elders and the pastors. 
we're just a subcommittee of the council. So we just bring our consensus recommendations to the, the church council. But if we're able to do the hard work of coming to consensus, then it moves those conversations mm -hmm. much faster um, uh, in the actual council because you have you know the pastors and the elders haven't prayed through this, discussed through this and come to, to one voice on a matter. And so it takes a lot of work, but it, it does help in that regard. And I think just one of the accepted costs um, that we have just come to to just embrace at this point uh, in our efforts to maintain that interdependence is really the necessity to hold multiple meetings. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but we got a lot of meetings in our Chinese Heritage Church. And I think that's just the nature of our kind of churches. Because if if we were in a church that just had one congregation, I mean, even if they if they had like multiple services, right? I, and I mean, I'm, I'm, but he's still, that's one leadership. And so those leaders typically will just have one board meeting a month uh, and probably one staff meeting a week, right? But like in a Chinese heritage church with multiple congregations based on language, you have multiple staff, multiple lay leaders dedicated to each of those congregations. It calls for multiple meetings in order to maintain some good communication and, and strong relationship. And so I, I essentially have two staff meetings a week. I got two leadership meetings a month that, and my, my Chinese counterpart has to do the exact same thing. And it can be tedious and it definitely is redundant <laughs> in, in many ways. I mean, like, you know, I'm in all of those meetings and we're talking about often the exact same thing. Now for the individuals in those meetings, for them, it might be fresh, but I'm like, <laughs> I've already had like three meetings about the same topic, but it's so important for us to just embrace that because it's it's for the unity and the good of the overall church and and the unity among us leaders and so it's important and so you know instead of complaining about all the meetings that i have to attend and you know I, i'm not above complaining i i still end up sometimes doing that what i try to see you know what i try to get my my other um leaders to see is that all these meetings are actually an, an important means of maintaining that unity in our church mm -hmm. and that interdependence mm -hmm. that, that that you're talking about mm -hmm. so you know, it's just trying to change our perspective on something that I don't know if it's ever going to change. Like, hopefully we can get those meetings to run faster, but the number of meetings might always probably just be the cost of embracing this vision of us being, you know, multiple language congregations working still uh, as one church. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely found that like our, our church has started leaning into a lot more of uh, being interdependent and and doing that at the leadership level. And we've seen our meetings dramatically increase, like the number of yeah. meetings, as you're saying. And I yeah. find that, I, and I'm sure this is probably similar for you, that I find that in my role as an English pastor, I've got all the other, like I've got like the vertical part, right? The English ministry mm -hmm. stuff, but then like all those other horizontal stuff with the Chinese congregation, with the first generation, um, that's where the, the extra meetings come in. And I yeah. find that like for as we're kind of pursuing interdependence um, as an English pastor, like I, I'm kind of caught between, okay, I'm, I'm fighting for things that are valuable and, and time that I need to spend with the English congregation. But also I know there's this whole other, it's like another ministry arm, right. To be interdependent and to work with our Chinese leaders. And so um, it is a lot more meetings, like you're saying, and I, yeah. I do think <laughs> you're right though, but it, it is so helpful to have that perspective of like, this is worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the, mm -hmm. the number of meetings that we're having, like this, this communication and the redundancy, and we're talking about the same things, but those are, those are so helpful, I think, for the lifelong 
you know, desire to be interdependent as a whole yeah. uh, Chinese heritage church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things I know that you're passionate about is church planting and that's, mm. that can be obviously this whole idea of like interdependence and, you know, it can't just be like a, a Chinese congregation thing. It can't just be an English congregation thing. How, how are you guys approaching church planting? What's sort of your, your heart for that? And how do you guys, how are you approaching it at HCC? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, we, we, we have a legacy of church planning um, in the past and, and we, uh, we do hope to maintain that into the future. Uh, we, we, we do want to continue to church plant. Now, in the past, uh, it's only been us planting other Chinese heritage churches. Like I mentioned, all our sister churches in the suburbs around us. And we're still looking to do that if the Lord wills and provides an opportunity. But we do, um, and we've been talking about that in the last few years, having a vision to intentionally plant out of our English congregation. And so, you know, we, we definitely have uh, and we definitely believe uh, in the vision and future of the Chinese Heritage Church. But we also have a vision uh, of being able to reach the diverse city that, that we live in. I mean, Houston is a very uh, a uniquely diverse city. And so, Lord willing, down the road, I mean, we are hoping to plant um, some, some Pan-Asian churches or, or churches uh, that are aiming uh, uh, towards a multi-ethnic ministry. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely on our heart. Uh, and actually, right now, we even have a church planning project going in progress right now with that very vision of planting out from us a English-speaking uh, church that aims towards a multi-ethnic ministry. And so even though the, the, the church planner is from our English congregation, I'm directly working with him, uh, the people that he's recruiting for the church planning team, um, the people that he's recruiting in our church is really coming out of the English congregation. But we've been saying on the leadership level, hey, this is not just an English church plant. Uh, this is not this is not just something that that this one congregation is doing. This is still an HCC churchwide project, just as much as if we were planting another Chinese church, because those yeah. those ones, it's totally under, uh, understood that that's a whole churchwide thing. Um, and we want really to make sure that the other congregations that they know that this is just as much that 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 they're uh, involved, whether through uh, prayer, uh, through financial support, and yeah, even you know if 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 the Lord moves them uh, when we can, when we come time to actually you know just, uh, having an open invite, anyone really wants to go, even someone from the from the Mandarin or Cantonese congregation, if they have a cart for that, that'll be awesome. I mean, you know, we just uh, are making it clear that it's going to be an English speaking uh, church plant. But uh, yeah, of course, we're open to that. So we definitely want to see that as um, a church wide effort. Um, but, you know, and then it comes down the road again, like if it becomes the more traditional route of another Chinese heritage church where we can be able to have uh, a English and a Chinese leader going out together with some congregants, uh, we're open to that as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of what we've been, um, uh, kind of, uh, it's, it's been brewing and, uh, we actually have a guy right now. Um, actually Jalen, I think you've, you've, uh, you've met him before. So his, his name is Jonathan Huang and he's, uh, um, uh, you know, he grew up in our church. Uh, he, he's, he's one of our former elders. He just kind of finished seminary. And so he's, he's on board right now as our church planting resident. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you've met him before, right? I think you've, you've chatted with him. Yeah, I think I actually I had a had a conversation with him over the phone, and then I might have talked with him at a at like a reception that Akil and Michelle had when they were oh, guys. doing yeah, their yeah. wedding reception. Their wedding, yeah, but Wonderful. yeah, that's that's so cool. Yeah, 
You know, I think something that uh, I was thinking through and connecting dots from your the story that you've been sharing about your church and, and even this vision for church planting, like, um, you know, for in some ways your leadership, I don't know if you had a certain plan or a certain way that you thought, but, but not you personally, but the church thought this is what our church leadership should look like as far as senior pastor goes and you ended up with something different. And I think that a lot of times that's if we're faithful to what God puts in front of us, then we often will end up with things that maybe weren't quite how we planned it, but ends up being something newer or better and um, more in line with, with God's heart for, for his people. And so it sounds like that's, you know, something similar is happening with your vision for church planting that you've done it a certain way for some time. You have that legacy of it. um, But, you know, as demographics have shifted, as I think um, even impact has shifted, probably it, my guess is that it's come with this growth in um, or maybe balancing out of the kind of um, the ministry resources and also just the health and strength of your English congregations alongside your Chinese congregations. Like there's something new that's brewing in, in a sense. And, and that's really exciting um, you know, I think for, for my church here, similarly, I think over the years, we planted different types of churches. Uh, right now we have um, two, op- like, I would say operating church plants. Um, one is English speaking, very multicultural. They, it was not necessarily um, intended to be that way, um, but it was planted kind of in the heart of the tech area of of South Bay uh, of Silicon Valley. And, and I think there was a certain thought of like, these are the the demographics that the Lord is sending us to. And then the actual people who have ended up at that church weren't quite that demographic. And we just said, okay, we'll just be faithful to whoever the Lord is bringing. And it's yeah. a mix of all these different cultures and languages. And um, that's become a very, you know, multicultural church. And then at the same time, we, we have this other church plant that's like basically a Mandarin speaking church plant that's reaching first generation immigrants coming mostly from mainland China. And those like could not be, you know, more different congregations (laughs) or church plants or whatever, you know, however you want to kind of categorize them. And and I think it's that same thing of like, well, what is God saying? Where is God leading us? And if we're like being obedient, then we're going to probably end up with things that may not look exactly like how we planned it. And so case in point, and we, we talked about this, again, briefly, I think before we hit the recording button, but, you know, at my church, we are definitely a Chinese heritage church, meaning we, our root is in ministry to the Chinese diaspora, but we've begun to grow beyond that. And the Lord has expanded, I think, what, what we have been called to. And so our church um, this past summer launched a, uh, we call it a church plant, but it's a Spanish speaking church plant. And uh, it's because our church is in a predominantly um, Spanish and Vietnamese neighborhood. And for many years, we had partner churches from within our denomination that, you know, like a Vietnamese church, Spanish speaking church, Cambodian church. But during the pandemic, um, our Spanish speaking partner church that was using our building, um, they, they had to close basically, or I think they moved. Um, and so, um, you know, so that is not to completely ignore and uh you know forget that 
where God has put our church. Like it's a very different neighborhood than, than what our church looks like. Uh, there has been this desire to, to reach our neighbors. And so like, that's really different. I mean, most people at our church don't speak Spanish and, and yet I'm like, I'm leading worship at, we have a church-wide conference coming up that we're doing in-house, you know, not, not like a retreat, but just at our building. And for the first time I'm actively thinking, okay, what are the songs that we can sing in English and Chinese, right? The typical stream of praise Mandarin stuff. What are the songs that are like everyone generally or easy to follow in English? And then what are the songs that uh, we can sing in English and Spanish also, because we want to make sure that they know like, hey, you're not just this side project and we're just like f- trying to like put resources into something, but you're not part of us, but you're part of the family and part of who we are. And so it has definitely made things more complicated. Uh, like you said, more meetings, more emails. <laughs> I see a lot of that in your future. Um, but I feel like, man, that this is it's such a a joy to watch how God really is using the Chinese heritage church to reach our neighbors. And it doesn't have to just be Chinese people of Chinese descent, but it it can be the nations and it can be those in our backyard and in our neighborhoods. And man, so I'm excited for what you guys. Yeah. You You know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I I resonate with what you're saying because I mean, that's, that's been part of what has been driving us with this, particular project we've got going is is just the idea of planting out uh a minority led church plant from a minority context mm. that's aiming for multi-ethnicity um and i think that is i think we need more of that in order to complement the, the the many majority white churches that are also seeking the same thing to be multi-ethnic mm. and you know because we're all moving towards the same target but we're coming from different starting points. And I think that is what makes a big difference because I think there's a lot of uh, minority believers who have been hurt by their experience, especially you know over the last few years in, um, in majority white churches or in multi-ethnic churches that are led by majority white leaders. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that if we have these minority-led church plants coming out of minority context churches that these minority believers are going to be able to find a spiritual home within uh, the church plant that we've got going and hopefully giving them time to heal, giving them time to deal with some of that trauma. And as, you know, as we slowly continue bringing, bringing them along to the same path, I mean, in the end, we, we definitely, in this project, like with a lot of churches, wanting to be to, to a multi-ethnic expression of church, that's where we want to go, but we're just coming from a different angle, uh, from a different starting point. I think it provides a a a place for uh, certain people who it's going to be better for them to, to, to jump on to on-ramp with us versus for others. It might be that majority white church uh, moving in the same direction. And so mm-hmm. I, I just feel like having more of these kinds of churches coming out of our Chinese heritage churches uh, we'll just add so much to what God's doing uh, kingdom work wise in this kind of movement towards uh, mm-hmm. multi-ethnic expressions of the church. And so at the same time, of course, like we are still equally committed to l- the long-term health and the stability of the Chinese heritage church. I mean, for me personally, I am committed to staying put as the lead English pastor of, of HCC as long as the Lord wills. Um, and so I, I totally want to see my Chinese heritage church grow and I want to see it flourish 
And and then, of course, I want to continue down the road to plan out more either Chinese heritage churches or Pan-Asian churches or, or churches aiming for multi-ethnicity. Of course, that just all depends on on uh, the way that God has shaped and called whatever uh, whatever church planner he, he brings us down the road. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think one of the key things that I've been really like um, thinking a lot about and, and just talking a lot about over the years is I think one of the key things for for this to, to work is is for more lead English pastors to stay put uh, in your CH, in your Chinese heritage church, um, and to raise up another to go and do that exciting church plant, whether it's, you know, Pan-Asian or multi-ethnic. Um, and, and if he feels strongly, like, I feel like, you know, if he feels like God's calling me to go, well, then at least delay your plans until you've adequately, you know, raised up or you found your successor. Because I think one of my concerns is that, you know, whenever an English pastor takes a good portion of of the English congregation to do a church plant, yeah. the, the Chinese Heritage Church is often significantly impacted, especially by the loss of children and youth workers that kind mm-hmm. of that tend to go along uh, coming out of the English congregation. And so, um, and of course, and they lose the English pastor as well, right? And so they, they kind of have to hit a reset button on a lot of those ministries. And so I think it's healthier. I think it's actually more sustainable if we can be able to move forward with the vision to plant out of the English side without having to ask the Chinese side to take a step back in order for us to do that. Like I totally prefer all of us take a step forward together. And mm-hmm. so, you know, th- that's, that's kind of um, what's driving my conviction, even though like in another life, maybe, you know, uh, I, I could see myself leading out a church plant, doing something similar to, to what, to what Jonathan is doing, but I really feel a sense of calling to stay here and to continue the work of of just uh, of 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 serving the Chinese Heritage Church, and just equipping Jonathan as as well as possible uh, to to send him out. And Lord willing, God provides us another brother down the road, and to do something similar, whether it's multi ethnic, Pan Asian, or he can be an English pastor going out with one of our Chinese side yeah. pastors and doing another Chinese Heritage. I mean, so that's just where I think there needs to be that long term stability, and so. You know, even though I had that personal, you know, uh, desire and interest, but at the same time, I think the bigger calling is is actually to to do something uh, more sustainable long term for the Chinese Heritage Church. Um, and so I'm just so glad the Lord has provided us mm. a brother within our church to, to go and, and to do that, that multi ethnic thing. Mm. Yeah, I love your heart for. That, that desire to make sure that the, the Chinese Heritage Church that is sending out is still strong, is still mm-hmm. going to be, you know, as you're saying, sustainable. Uh, I know we're kind of coming up on, you know, being near the end of when we should <laughs> be talking here. But I want I wanted to ask you yeah. um, just real quickly, maybe not real quickly, but, um, you know, you said something about uh, being able to plant uh, from the minority perspective a multicultural, multi-ethnic uh, church. What what particular lessons do you think a Chinese American, in in your case with Jonathan, right? What is what does he bring to the table, having served and kind of been raised up in a Chinese heritage church? Like, what is what what are some of the benefits of growing up in a Chinese heritage church or being, you know, blessed by a Chinese heritage church that equips him differently? Mm-hmm to go plant a church like, you know, being a multicultural church? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, it's a great question. And 
I really do think that, yeah, someone growing up in our context is well-equipped, mainly in the sense that typically in a Chinese heritage church, it is going to be multiple generations um, and multiple cultures. Uh, it, it may not be multiple ethnicities, mm -hmm. uh, but there's still a lot of diversity uh, that's found in other ways. And so, you know, uh, like any church planner coming out of a Chinese heritage church, if he's been here long enough and been serving effectively, he's had to do a lot of cross-cultural ministry and right. working with leaders, working with um, members, serving people that are coming from a different culture, different mindset. Um, they speak a different language. And so if he's um, already accustomed and attuned to being sensitive to those things, and not assuming that everyone thinks like I do and has the same assumptions as I do. And he's already kind of um, recognizing how different people can be from a different generation, from a different culture. That just sets him up well uh, to uh, be in a church that is moving towards um, an expression of church that's going to embrace diversity on various levels. So he's not just focusing on uh, ethnic diversity, as even though that is one a large component, but he, he's he's off, off also hoping, uh, Lord willing, that there would be an age and an income diversity as well um, in that church uh, to be expressed. But uh, but yeah, so I I, I think the experiences in, in our cross cultural context um, will will help prepare him well for that. Which you know, for a lot of people, they you know maybe outside of the, of the Chinese heritage church might might think. Oh, are you guys ready for that? Because you guys are so mono, you know, cultural. I'm like, I don't think you've actually <laughs> been in our church right. uh, and realized, man, there is so much cross-cultural ministry going on mm, right. every week that, um, yeah. So I, I think uh, someone like that growing up in this environment would, would actually yeah. be well-suited. Even in a uh, monolingual congregation, like Mandarin-speaking mm -hmm. congregation, you might have like three or four different cultures. Oh, for sure. That's right. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely resonate with that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Jason, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, we always ask one question to kind of end. Uh, what is one piece of advice or encouragement that you would give to someone that is currently serving in the Chinese Heritage Church? Yeah. I, I love that you guys always ask that question. Um, I think I would encourage you to learn to love your Chinese heritage church as it is and not to spend all your time thinking about what your Chinese heritage church could be if it was mm. healthier or if it was more theologically robust or theologically consistent. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to see those things happen. I'm not saying you should, you shouldn't take steps to try to move your church in that direction. I, I guess what I'm saying is that it's probably going to take longer than you think. Mm. And so Along the way, you don't want to miss out on all the amazing things that God is actually doing in your church, especially in, in you know in the lives of your people. You don't want to miss out because you were just so focused on all this talk about the, the, this grand vision of the church and talking all all the time about the future of the Chinese Heritage Church and how to change this or how to change that aspect of the church because you know it's so pragmatic, it's not theological enough. And I mean, I feel you because I am I'm I'm totally on your side on all those things because i i've I'm, that i'm i mean i'm i'm you know i'm saying that to myself because this is what i had to learn mm -hmm. um i would just encourage brothers who who are like me who wrestle with that 
to just remember that Jesus died to redeem his bride. And that mm -hmm. includes your Chinese heritage church as it is right now mm -hmm. with all of its glaring issues, with all of its inconsistencies. And so I would just you know, encourage guys to love it, uh, to, to learn to, to love it too, just the way it is. And, and then I think you're going to be in a better position to strap in for the long haul, to love it and to lead it towards greater health and greater theological robustness or whatever it is. And so, yeah, that, that would be um, probably my biggest encouragement. And another encouragement is to be on this journey, not alone, but with others, uh, other brothers who are in the same boat. So, I mean, listening to this podcast, you know, uh, just being encouraged by the two of you and the guests that you have on is huge. And I, I I got another opportunity that I want to invite uh, uh, listeners to to, uh, to to come and join us. Uh, I think you've had uh, uh, Enoch Liao come, and he's he's uh, made mention of um, a, a a organization that 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 we're kind of putting together called the Chinese Heritage Church Collaborative. And so the first in person uh, uh, event that we're putting on is called the Chinese Heritage Church Ministers Collective. And that's actually going to be an in-person gathering uh, this May, uh, May 2nd to 4th in Houston. And um, if anyone is interested uh, to, to, to learn more about that, that's going to be a gathering of English pastors, English ministers, English lay leaders. And so, again, it's all of us in the same boat uh, dealing with the same challenges and the same opportunities. And it'll be a great uh, place to not just get content, but mainly to build connections. Uh, and to build those relationships. And so if you're interested in finding out more about it, go to ChineseHeritageChurch.com, ChineseHeritageChurch.com, and uh, you'll learn more about the collaborative, but specifically you can uh, learn more about uh, how to register for the Minister's Collective happening uh, this May. Yeah, I love it. That was a good word and uh, a great little plug for that uh, that gathering. I have the registration pulled up because I'm <laughs> supposed to be signed up for this, but I have not had a chance yet. Um, and so I'm looking forward to to being there and, and hanging out. And Jalen and I hopefully are going to have Enoch come back on soon to really share a bit more about the vision and and um, what you guys have in mind in store um, for people who will go to that. But but yeah, if you're listening to this, we hope that you might consider attending that. I'm I'm looking forward to hanging out in person with you, Jason, and and you know spending time with you, getting to know your ministry and and your heart even more. But we appreciate just the the brief glimpse that we've had tonight with you on the podcast. So thank you just for hanging out with us, for your time, and for the work that you're doing uh, in God's kingdom. Thanks, brothers. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.